How can you receive your spiritual gifts from God? Well, there's a number of different ways that it can occur. And I want to talk to you briefly today about the different avenues or catalysts or impartation points that the gifts of the Spirit come from heaven. The first thing I want to talk to you about is first, or Romans chapter 1, verse 11. The apostle Paul, who wasn't one of the original 12 apostles of the Lamb. And so God can operate and impart gifts through somebody who wasn't an original apostle, but was an add-in. And in fact, God can use somebody who wasn't an original. He can use them even stronger. Um, there's a lot of scriptural basis for that, where the first shall be last and the last shall be first. You know, it's the firstborn who gets the blessing, but uh, Jacob and Esau, Jacob was the second, he ended up with the blessing. Uh, We we could go on and on and on, but uh, the point is, God can impart spiritual gifts to us and through us unto others, and to us through others unto us. Romans chapter 1 is our first way that we can receive spiritual gifts from God. And this is what the Apostle Paul, not one of the original, said to those who came to Christ through his ministry. He said this to the church at Rome. He said, for I long to see you. Why did Paul want to see him? Because he wanted to hug their neck? Oh yeah, maybe. Uh, Why did he want to see him? Did he need to pick up a tithe or an offering? Maybe. Did he need to bring him some money? Maybe. Did he just want to fellowship with him and teach him the word? Well, yeah, yeah, maybe. That, that, That was all part of it. But... What he longed to see them for was that he may impart unto them some spiritual gift to the end they might be established. What did he want to impart to them? A spiritual gift so they could be established? Well, what is a spiritual gift? Let's first define that before we move any farther. Because... We can have spiritual gifts, not know what we have, or not even want them because we don't know what they are. You know, some people say, oh, that guy's gifted or that woman's gifted. Well, what do they mean by that? Well, let's find out what God means. Let's look into the original language that the New Testament was written in, Koine Greek. It was the language of the hour. It was the language of the time in Rome. Jerusalem was under Roman rule at the time. During Jesus' day, they spoke Aramaic, and they also spoke Greek. Because it was the language of the day, the New Testament was written in Greek and by divine design, by providence of God, Greek is one of the most accurate languages in the history of our world, specifically the Koine. The word gift, I long to see you that I might impart unto you some spiritual gift. It's not just a pat on the head, laying empty hands on empty heads. No, this is an impartation. I like what Kenneth Hagin says. You can feel when a gift goes in. It's like putting a a coin into a phone booth and it drops down into the coin box, never to be able to get it out again. It's in. And you can hear it clink when it goes in. And when I've received spiritual gifts from the Lord, I can feel them literally drop right into my spirit. And I know they're there because the gifts and the calling are irrevocable. The devil can't get them out. He can't push the change lever to get the the money back out that's been put in and steal it away. Because once it's in, it's in the lockbox of your spirit. And it's yours as long as you desire to use it. 
It's use it or lose it. Well, in this case, the gifts and the calling of God really can't be lost. They just become dormant and there's no one wanting to operate in them. But instead, they become inactive. That's why the scripture says to stir up the gift that's within you. Oh yeah, it's in the lockbox. But we must stir it up. Strong's number 5486 in the Koine Greek New Testament is the word charisma. Charisma is a divine gratuity, i.e. deliverance from danger or passion. You know, when Paul the Apostle was about to be torn apart, in Acts 26, or 26 verses, 23, verse 6 through 8, there was a dispute between the Pharisees and the Sadducees about Paul. And, uh, you know, he was talking about this and that, and they both wanted to kill him. And Paul got a word of wisdom, supernatural endowment, a charisma. And he talked about, well, I don't know what this big deal is. Uh, I'm just here about the resurrection. And the Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe in angel nor spirit nor resurrection from the dead. But the Pharisees believed in all that. And so there was a division now between the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And so Paul utilized a gift of the Spirit, word of wisdom, to speak something wise that turned his unified assailants that were actively pursuing him for danger. Here's a guy that's been beaten with rods. He'd been whipped with a cat of nine tails on five times in a day. He didn't want another beating if he could avoid it. If you can avoid one, avoid it. If you can't avoid it, go through it. And quit ye like men, go through it like a man or a woman of God in Christ. And the Spirit of God of glory will rest upon you. But if you can avoid it, use the gifts. And what happened is, they got divided on the subject of the resurrection from the dead. They turned on each other and Paul went on his way. Praise God for the gifts of the Spirit. But the word charisma, and it delivered Paul from danger, the gifts of the Spirit. So divine gratuity, charisma, number 5486 in the Greek, it's a spiritual endowment, a religious qualification, it's a miraculous faculty. It is a free gift from God. How can you receive this gift? Through impartation. I long to see you, that I might impart unto you some spiritual gift, that the end thereof you might be established. How can you receive spiritual gifts? One way is through. It is through impartation. It can be imparted through someone's hands to you. The other way, it can come just by hearing the word. Acts chapter 10, verse 42. It's interesting. It says this. Now, this was to the Gentiles through Jews. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell upon them which heard the word of God. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished. The Jews were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was out, uh, poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnified God. How did they get the gift of tongues, the charisma, the 5486 Strong's Greek concordance number of charisma, this divine faculty, the supernatural endowment? Nobody laid hands on them. They just heard the word. Faith comes by hearing. Boom. I've... I pointed at people, and all of a sudden the gift of the Spirit came on them and they began to speak in other tongues. It can happen in so many diverse ways. On the day of Pentecost, they were all together in one accord in one place. It can come through prayer. And there came unto them 
tongues as of fire, a mighty rushing wind. It was a manifestation and an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And they all were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Another way that we can receive a gift of the Spirit is found in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14. This is so exciting. So exciting. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14 says this. Neglect not the gift that is in thee which was given thee by prophecy. You can get a gift through a prophetic word. It will drop right into your spirit. The gift will come with it if you'll receive it. And instantly that gift will be there. Gifts come as seeds. They don't normally come as full manifestations. Now you might receive a full manifestation that night or that day. But let me share something with you. When you get gifts, you need to nurture those gifts. You need to stir up the gifts. You need to exercise the gifts. If you exercise a muscle, it gets stronger. When you exercise a gift, it gets stronger. It begins to grow in intensity and accuracy. Let each man prophesy according to the proportion of his faith. See, faith comes by hearing more faith can come. The wonder-working gift of faith can drop in you, and you can operate at a higher level. My point is, the gifts come often as seeds, and there's the life in the seed. And as you'll allow that thing to germinate, take root, and spring up for good, that thing will grow into a tree of everlasting life. It will grow into a multiplied rivers of living water that will bubble up within you. And the more you use it, the stronger it gets. The less you use it, the more it atrophies. There's gifts that God gave me years ago that I, I've been strengthened in and they're operating at a whole new level now. And there's other gifts that I operated in at a higher level and it seems like they, 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 they don't operate like they used to. But if I go to prayer and fasting and stir that thing up, they restore because they're in us. They're in the lockbox of our spirit like that coin went into the telephone booth and dropped in. Clink. They're in. The devil can't get it. He can't take it back, but he can sure get you to believe that it no longer operates. I break off condemnation off every individual within the hearing of my voice that thinks that they've squandered their gift or the gift's been taken from them. I say no. It's a lie from the enemy, and I stir up and I call forth the gifts of the Spirit, dreams and visions and prophecy, speaking in tongues and interpretation of tongues and diverse tongues and ministerial tongues and tongues for deep intercessional groaning and song in the Spirit tongues. I call it forth in the name of Jesus. I stir it up, I stir it up, I stir it up. There it goes. There it goes. Be stirred, be stirred, be stirred, be stirred today. May he tune, may he tune, may he tune. There it goes, there it goes, there it goes. Tuning, 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 tuning. He's tuning your ear to hear his voice. He's tuning, he's tuning a new tongue, he's tuning. Ooh, and it shall bubble forth, it shall bubble forth, it shall bubble forth. I just see the ears and the spirit literally being cleaned out, cleaned out and tuned. You've been off a little bit in your station identification. And he's just tuning it in right now. You're going to hear his voice clearer than you've heard it in a long time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. He's retuned. Oh, Lord, thank you for Holy Ghost deviations from a sermon to impart what you have for the body of Christ. Amen. Well, let's get back to our, our, our sermon. How can you receive your spiritual gifts from God? Through the laying on of hands, Romans 1.11. Through the hearing of the word, Acts chapter 10, verse 42 through 46. Through prophecy, 1 Timothy 4.14. And also through a visitation from Jesus, Galatians chapter 1, verse 12. Isaiah 6 shows a visitation occurred and, and gifts were imparted. Acts chapter 4 says the whole place where they were assembled together was shaken and they began to speak the word of God with boldness. That's a visitation. But to give a real clear-cut scriptural basis, Galatians 1.12 is our, our, our note verse. We don't want to limit God at the same time. We want to be anchored right here in scripture and follow the line of thinking in these, these notes that I put together for this message. Galatians 1.11 says, But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man, for I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but I received it by revelation of Jesus Christ. Jesus visited him and imparted this gospel to him, and Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Again, not one of the original twelve. I don't care if you were one of the original twelve members in the congregation where you attend. I don't care whether you're of the bloodline of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I don't care what the situation is, and God doesn't care. You might be Rahab the prostitute, but he wants to bring something new through you. You might be like Amos, who was neither a prophet nor the son of a prophet, but he was picking sycamore fruit when the Lord called him to be a prophet. You might be like Jeremiah. You were in the womb, and you were called to be a prophet from before the foundation of the world, and while you were still, yet still in the womb, the Lord knew you and called you to be a prophet unto the nations. You might be one that's been a ranked sinner. You might just be off drugs or off alcohol. You might have just gone through a divorce or domestic violence or abuse. You might have just lost your job. But today's the day where he calls you, anoints you, appoints you, gifts you, and now you're suited and booted in the Holy Ghost with the armor of God. You're locked and loaded for service, and now's your commissioning day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, let's talk today now about how do you keep the spiritual gifts alive and active in your life so they don't wane. So it's not just a, an ebbing and then a flowing, but they remain active. They remain flowing. Well, the first scripture I want to share with is 1 Timothy 4.14 again because there is more in that verse and we didn't touch on it yet. There's so much in the scriptures. You just can't exhaust them. Oh, God is good. God is good. His word endureth forever. Though heaven and earth may pass away, his word will never pass away. Oh, it is the word. It is the word. Till I come, give attendance to reading. Oh, it's important to read. To exhortation, to doctrine, and neglect not the gift, the, the, the charisma that is within you, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of hands by the presbytery or the order of the elders. How do you stir up the gift? Jude chapter 1 verse 20. Stir up the gift. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Build yourself up in your most holy faith. 
by praying in the Holy Spirit. What is praying in the Holy Spirit? Some people say it's praying in tongues, and I would say yes. Some people say it's praying in English, but doing it by the Spirit, and I would say yes. Some people would say it's singing in the Spirit, and I would say yes. Some people would say it's interpreting the song of the Lord in the Spirit, and I would say yes. It is all of the above. But before you can interpret a song in the Spirit, you must first pray in the Spirit. Before you can pray in the Spirit, you need the gift of tongues. Can you pray in the Spirit without tongues? Sure you can. If you're in the Spirit, you're praying in the Spirit. It might be in English. It might be deep intercessional groanings that words cannot express. Or as one translation says, words that cannot be articulated in human speech. Mm, mm, mm. As long as you're praying in the Spirit, you're stirring up the gift. Well, praying in tongues is one of the ways that we can do that. We stir up the gift. I often pray in tongues for 15 or 20 or 30 minutes uh, before I leave the house or I'll get in my automobile and I'll be driving on the highway to work 45 minutes. I'll put on a Terry McAlman worship CD and I'll get into the presence of God and I'll be driving down the road. I'll raise my hand up to the Lord. Sometimes uh, my phone will ring. I'll have my Bluetooth on and I'll just be and I'm in the spirit but I've got to take care of a business matter and I just touch that Bluetooth and I begin to speak with the individual on the other end of the phone and they feel a presence that's different than a normal business transaction because the gift of the Spirit is being stirred up. I encourage you to stir up the gift of the Spirit. I have friends who pray in tongues while they drive. They pray in tongues before they leave the house. They'll come home. They'll pray in tongues. Sometimes you do it with a worship CD. Sometimes you do it without. You pray in tongues when you're waiting to get a haircut. You're praying in tongues when you're waiting in line. You're praying in tongues while you're on hold, listening and sometimes people will come back on the line and I'll be and all of a sudden I'll be quickened that I'm no longer on hold and some person will say to me uh, hello I'll be like oh yeah and I'll just go into my conversation but if they're a believer they'll recognize what that is they'll say oh my goodness were you praying in tongues and I'll say well yes I was I'm praying in the spirit they'll say I'm a believer too and we'll pray together oh hallelujah Sometimes it's a sign for non-believers when they pick me up on hold. Now, I don't do that as an exhibition. I do it because I like to stay in the spirit. I don't just like to get frustrated on the phone on hold. Because sometimes you can get on hold with some company and uh, it's almost like eternal hold. You're like, is this ever going to end? But I'm going to tell you what, you won't get bored because you're not wasting your time if you're stirring up the gift that's within you. You also pray in tongues, it'll get you off hold quicker. <laughs> and you'll also get somebody who's a right representative and the conversation will go good. Oh, goodness gracious. Pray in tongues. Build up yourself in Holy Ghost power by praying in the Holy Spirit, Judge Jude one twenty, And also in, 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 in Ephesians 6.18 it says, Praying always with all prayer. What is all prayer? Well, it's all different types of prayer. And we could do an entire teaching on that. Prayer includes confession of who God is, confession of our sin, supplication, requests and needs. It includes intercession by the Holy Ghost for others. It includes adoration or worship. 
Uh, it includes communion, just resting in his presence. That's all prayer. Thanksgiving for what God has done. And praise to glorify his name and to praise him for what he's about to do. All prayer that stirs up the gift. The other thing that we can do that stirs up the gift is fasting. Isaiah 58 says, This is the fast that I have chosen. It destroys yokes of bondage. Let's just turn there to Isaiah 58. Isaiah chapter 58. What's interesting about Isaiah chapter 58 is God gives an entire chapter to fasting. Oh, Jesus said in the New Testament, When ye give, don't give as a favor. He says, When you pray, don't pray as a... He said, when you, notice he didn't say, if you pray. He said, when you pray. He didn't say, if you give. He said, when you give. It's it's a matter of fact. If you're a believer, you're going to be a prayer. You're going to be a giver. And if you're truly a Christian, after today, if you haven't been, you're truly going to fast because Jesus said, when you fast, do not do it. So fasting is a New Testament principle. It's not something that ended (laughs) Uh, after the apostles died. When you fast, then your light will break forth like the morning. Your health shall spring forth speedily and your righteousness shall go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. One promise in scripture that I can see is only guaranteed to be available when you fast. That's the glory of the Lord being your rear guard. Now the armor of God is all frontal armor. Six pieces of armor. But there's a seventh one, which is the lance of intercessory prayer. And if you add fasting to it, it gives you an eighth one, which is new beginnings. And it's the glory of the Lord. That way you don't have to worry about anybody stabbing you in the back when the glory's there because you're protected. And it comes through stirring up the gift that's within you through the laying on of hands or given by press, by prophecy or a visitation from Jesus or hearing the word of God. And then this fasting, my goodness. It stirs up the gift. It gets the flesh down and the spirit alive. You want the spirit down and the flesh alive? Eat 365 days a year, and I guarantee you, you'll be a flesh man. If you fast one day a week or two days a week or you go on a three-day fast or a 7 or a 21 or a 40, if the Lord calls you that direction, you'll walk out of that fast filled with the power of God. 1998, the Lord sent me on a 21-day fast prayed in tongues, sought the Lord. The end of that 21 days, the power of God came on my life in such a way that people were coming up out of wheelchairs, blind eyes, and deaf ears were popping open. Backs were instantly straightening up. Fasting stirs up the gifts of God like nothing else. Mark 9.29, the disciples couldn't get a demon out of a boy even though they had the authority to cast out demons, heal the sick, and even raise the dead. They couldn't get a demon out. How can you have the authority to get something out and it not happen? Because this one cometh forth by nothing but prayer and fasting. Mark 9.29, King James Version, the adult version. Other versions water it down. That's why I like King James. It leaves the power in about the anointing, about the blood. And about that seven-letter word that's glorious to spiritual Christians, fasting. That glorious four-letter word to spirit-filled Christians that love the Lord, the fast. But it's a dirty four-letter word and a dirty seven-letter word to carnal Christians. They don't want to hear it. They'll stop up their ears and they'll say, that's pornography. Don't tell us that word. 
but to the spiritual Christian. They're saying, that's music to my ears. Yes, I want to do pushaways at the table and leave a fasted life. Oh, glory to God. Fasting destroys the yoke. This one comes out by nothing but prayer and fasting. And fasting also releases revelation knowledge. If you pray in tongues by day, you'll receive interpretation and dreams and visions by night. If you don't believe me, I dare you. Try it. It works. You can't stir up the gift and the gift not stir you up in response. Oh, because the Holy Ghost is the gift and he has all the gifts. If you stir him up in you, he'll stir you up in him and great things will happen. Are these gifts for you? Scripture says in 1 Corinthians 12, 11, each man has received a gift. You probably already have a gift. And if you don't think you do, trust me, you do because you got the gift of the Holy Spirit when you got born again. Repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now that you've got the gift of the Holy Ghost, he wants to release and impart or activate the additional gifts that he has for you. Scripture says that we are to covet the greater gifts, 1 Corinthians 12, 31. So there's gifts that are greater and there's gifts that are lesser. We're to covet the greater ones. You want to know what the greatest gift is? Some people say it's a gift of love and that's a beautiful thing. And he gives you that nice warm fuzzy. This is what I would say. The greatest gift is the gift that you need at the time. If you need a gift for deliverance, that's the gift you need. If you need a gift for tongues or interpretation of tongues, that's the one that you need. If you need a gift of miracles, that's the one that you need. But if you don't need a miracle, the gift is useless at the time. So the greatest gift is the gift that you need. So seek God for the greatest gifts, which is the gifts you need for your calling, ministry, and life in Christ, whatever that may be. Maybe it's the gift of celibacy. Trust me, there's some single ministers that if they had that gift, they wouldn't have fallen. That was the greatest gift they needed at the time. But it wasn't available because they didn't seek the Lord for it. Sometimes you need a gift to part a Red Sea, and if so, that's the greatest gift. But seek God for the greatest gifts that you need for your life, ministry, mantle, and commission, and he will give them to you because he's a God who gives liberally without finding fault. He likes to give severally to every man as he will, and the gifts are for whosoever will. I like what Charles and Francis Hunter say. He gives gifts to whomsoever he will. And she asked the Lord about that. And she says, well, who's the whosoever's? And the Lord spoke back to her, whosoever will. Because the gifts glorify God, plunder hell, and populate heaven. They displace the powers of darkness. They help you yaresh the city and take the land and establish a kingdom in the area. The gifts are for whosoever will. Acts 10.34, for God is no respecter of persons. Paul longed to see the Romans and he might impart to them a spiritual gift to establish them, like we said before in Romans 1.11. So are these gifts for you? Not only yes, but heaven's yes, they're for you. Because God wants to load you up with gifts and load you up with character that he can give gifts not just to you, but more importantly, give gifts through you. I want you to get this in your mind. The gifts of the Spirit aren't just for you. They're for others that he wants to give gifts through you to them. If you've got a gift of healing and you're well, you're to use that gift to give it to somebody else. Boom, healing's released. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom. It's for others, not just you. So get the gifts for the benefit of others as well as yourself. And he wants to give them to you today.
Conclusion, God wants you to have all the gifts you can handle. Are you ready? Scripture says, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. For everyone that asks, receive. Everyone that seeks will find. And everyone that knocks, the door is opened unto them. Ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. And the gifts will be given unto you. We are called to operate in the gifts of the Spirit to help edify and build up the body of Christ. That's what the gifts are for. They're for edification. They're for exhortation. They're for comfort. They're to build up and strengthen others in the faith. So if you've got a gift and you're using it that way, you're using it properly. If you're using it any other way and it's not accomplishing that, stop it. That's enough. Use it for the glory of God. Scriptures say we're to covet, earnestly desire the greater gifts. What's the greater gifts? Whatever you need for your ministry. And it might be greater for your ministry and it might be lesser for mine. That's why we need to seek God for the greater gifts. And that's why I don't believe they're specifically defined. What's greater and what's lesser. Seek him for the greater gifts. If you really desire spiritual gifts from the Holy Spirit today, then today is your day to receive right now in Jesus' name. Let us pray. Father, every good and perfect gift comes down from you. You are the Father of lights. In you, there is no variable nor, nor shadow of turning. So today... We seek you for the greater gifts. You told us to covet them. We earnestly desire. We seek them. We have a passion for your heart and the gifts that are within your heart for our individual callings, ministries, and mantles and commissions. And we just receive every good and gift that comes down from the Father right now. And I release those gifts within the body of Christ. And I say receive ye. The gifts of the Spirit designed for you for such a time as this. I release the gift of favor. Mm, Yes, favor is released upon your life. There's been doors shut that are being opened right now because favor, a day of favor is better than a thousand days of labor, but you've labored a thousand days and now it's time for favor to come upon your life. You've been like a Joseph. You've been faithful. But now you're being taken before the king because favor has been gifted into your life. That book's going to be written. Mm-hmm. It's going to be published. It's going to be written. And now it's going to be published by favor in Jesus' name. The gift of favor. Amen.